What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Kayla Pearson. Across the table from me, once again, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Good. Good to see you back in the podcast booth. And then joining us again, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Marky Mark, how you doing, man? I'm very fine. Thank good. you. Good. Good. Uh, daylight savings. You know what I mean? We're back at it. Yeah, it was dark um, this morning. It was very dark this yes. morning. Good grief. I guess that's the drawback. Um, I like, I, I prefer it to be lighter, longer. Yes. You know what I mean? Would you I'd agree? rather lose an hour of sleep and gain an hour of daylight. Gain an hour but, of daylight. But now, wait a minute. Is it really lighter, longer? Okay, all right. You know what, Mark? No, I guess it matters. I mean, I come on. It, it, when you, it matters. Yes. You're a fool. I, I think it matters more. <laughs> yeah, I've got the swamp land, I'll tell you. <laughs> 6.30 p.m. light matters more to me yes. than mm-hmm. 6.30 a.m. light. Yep. But that's because I'm not necessarily a morning person. I don't know if you guys could tell. You're like working with this guy at 8 a.m. But, uh, uh, yeah, well, it's warm. I'm the one warm. that comes in late. It, it's warm. And it's supposed to be warm this week. Yeah. And then it's supposed to get cold again. And somebody was telling me the almanac or whatever it is people believe nowadays says another snowstorm is coming. No. Mm-hmm. Just, you've heard it here first. Warm right? weather <laughs> only. Yeah. Um, and also, there's a, there's a virus going around, kids. Um, state of, I don't know, panic, fear, a lot of information, misinformation being sent out there just about the coronavirus and stuff as well. Um, so we wanted to take a little bit of time this morning to just address that, you know, we've thought about that. I think it's important to be prepared and be aware of what is going on. So Mark, I don't know if you want to share a few words. Well, uh, John Van Drunen has let uh, all our greeters and hosts and uh, welcome team know, hey, forget the shaking of hands, you know, don't lose the smile or the friendly right. hellos, but, uh, right. you know, uh, we, we can be a non-touchable church yeah, uh, yeah. At, at this point. And, and by the way, uh, it, it is something to be concerned about. You know, the average flu, um, I just heard this uh, yesterday, uh, the typical flu season, uh, if you get the flu, um, there's a, a, you will, there, there's a, you will spread that flu um, to about nine people mm-hmm. during, your, during, while you have it. But the coronavirus, You'll spread it five times greater to forty-five people. Oh, wow! So that's that's the concern of it. it it's so right. um, contagious. Now, if you wash your hands and do all that good stuff, right. they said you can cut that down in half. So um, okay. anyway, um, still, I guess I'll yeah, start washing my hands then. Still a lot, <laughs> yeah. So the that's, elbow, uh, the elbow bump for the greeting. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll. I haven't run into any any super awkward situation where you go for a handshake. Mm-mm, not today, but. You know, you want to avoid touching people. Yeah. Especially well, at this time. Hey, be thankful um, if we don't do the holy kiss thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good, uh, thankful we're not game biblical. Over. Yeah, game <laughs> over. Um, but yeah, and just, uh, you know, continue to pray over that, and, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. I mean, I think it's so easy to let the, the fear and the ignorance overwhelm us, too, and, you know, wonder what it could do. Um, God is sovereign. He's going to take care of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can wash our hands. There, yeah. there is an element of cleanliness that is up to us. Yes, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the spiritual one so much. We'll, we'll learn about yeah. that in a second. But yeah, so. And, and, and we um, are talking about things ahead. I mean, who knows what may happen? Right. Like you said, God is sovereign. Uh, we have uh, Easter coming up mm-hmm. in in, uh, in, a, in a month. A month, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's, uh, you know, big gatherings and mm-hmm. big, you know, those types of things. Uh, who knows where we'll be right. in this country a month from now. Right. So. Um, mm. um, He's still risen though, man. 
Hey, amen. Yeah. That, yeah. It's not going to stop. No little, no. Yeah. no little microscopic parasites going to stop that. <laughs> no, no way. Um, good, good. All right, well, guys, why don't we go ahead and jump into a Sunday in review? Mark reading out at Romans three. Um, super awesome passage. I feel like we're seeing a little bit of a, a light at the end of the Romans one and two tunnel mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, our deliverance. We talked a lot about depravity last week. You know, our current state of affairs and, and where we're at inherently as far as our humanity is concerned, um, and then jumping into the kind of Romans 3, specifically the second half, we see a little bit of God's operating principle and where we're at because of Jesus. So I don't know if we wanted to start, Alicia, you and I just kind of sharing some things that stood out to us. Um, Mark, I know you have a few things to unpack as well, but yeah, what what uh, what impacted you, Alicia, as far as this weekend's service? Um, I loved how you brought the Job 9 to question of how can man be right before God and prior to all of that we've learned well we can't we're it's impossible it is absolutely impossible Mm. Um, but this passage right here answers that question which is good news for us Mm -hmm. um, because of what Jesus has done for us and Mm. the redemption that we have and how he has rescued us and that he's made a way for us to be right with him because of everything that he's done, mm-hmm. nothing that we've done. Makes it pretty clear, the, the, the passage, which is Paul's point, I think, right. what he says uh, when he gets into it. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And even just last week, we you know we broke down his argument, the list of indictments that are happening there. Um, and it's so good because he, he declares, again, just a huge need and a realization of, of a Savior, of true deliverance. And then breaks that down, you know, verses twenty-one through through thirty-one there at the end of the chapter, um, and I think it's huge to understand r- redemption, what what that means, what it looks like, um, and I feel like it just speaks to the the true awareness of the gospel and what it actually meant for us mm-hmm. um, and for believers that that accept it. Um, that that whole idea of believing in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross, it doesn't end your dynamic with, with God. I mean, it begins that there's an awareness there of, of, of a loving God and realizing how much he loves you. So I think that's important. You know, both both of you grew up in Christian homes. Correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, when did you get saved? As a child. Okay, same Four with Four years old, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so the things that, like Sunday, that that is not new to you. Correct. <clears throat> right. So... How how do you process it? So when when you're listening to mm. a, a message like that, mm. um, and y- you've heard this stuff, you've memorized these scriptures probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what does it what does it do do to you yeah. when when you hear this? Right. Yeah. So the 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 whole courtroom scene of mm. where what my standing is before God, um, that brings to life what my where my where I'm standing before God mm-hmm. uh, and then to realize as you brought out noony day mm. but now God mm-hmm. and that is ultimately the story of our life our position and but now God this is what he's done and so the overall picture of okay well growing up in a christian home and Mm. you know honestly learning the gospel over and over and over and over again and digging deeper into what that means it's 
I think a lifetime mm. lesson. Mm. Uh, it start, you know, it started for me as a child, um, but as every year progresses and I'm digging deeper into God's word, He illuminates this good news of mm. what He's done for me, uh, and it is life changing, and right. it brings, you know, the application that you know we hit at the end of the sermon noony day but now god Hmm. that's good well and i'd like to echo that statement because mark to answer your question uh for me it's i read it and i think you know 400th times the charm Mm -hmm. i've read it again but it's it's a oh that's right that's right Mm -hmm. that decision i made is a decision i can rely upon and remember and so for me even reading through Romans 3 was, was uh, I love the way Paul flows this argument because it, it reminds me of, yes, I have a Savior, but it first reminded me of, that's right, I'm wretched and depraved. It, it saved at four years old on my bunk bed. I don't remember what it was like to be un, unsaved. Mm-hmm. So the depravity, I, I, I would, I, and I, I don't want to project on, on anybody else's story, but if you have a testimony of accepting Christ at 25, 26, 27 after something traumatic or anything, I think you have a more vivid picture of what depravity in your own life looks like. So for me to be fed this news like spiritual food as a young baby is huge, but it's easy to lose sight of that. That's right. I did have a reputation with God. I had a history with God before I accepted what Jesus did for me, but there's no element of my intellectual growth, social growth that was pre Christ. Yeah. I mean, same, same with me being saved at five years old. But um, I was a year earlier. Oh well, <laughs> whoop de doo. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, for me, it was sixty years ago. So there. <laughs> um, uh, but um, um, and now my train of thought is lost. Sorry. So no, no, that's, no, no. You know. Well, the, I, as you're talking, it's so important right. that we are preaching the gospels to ourselves oh, every yeah. day. Because we forget. You think you're fine. We forget or we get in cruise yeah. mode or mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for us. Yeah. And um, so the I love the sermons here. Every Sunday we hear the gospel and it's a story that never gets old because mm-hmm. it's something that we need to be speaking truth, this truth of the gospel to ourselves every day to remind ourselves where we were and what God has done for us. Right. And, and, and and where Paul's going to go in, in Romans 6 with that, and mm-hmm. this, this was my, the point I was going to share, is that for us who have been Christians for a long time and don't remember or, or had a life of debauchery, depravity of the past, um, even though we've been saved from, um, mm. from sin, and um, but as believers, where Paul goes with that Romans 6 is that that redemption still applies to us because mm-hmm. we can still get sucked into mm-hmm. um, the shackles, get caught yeah. in the shackles of sin. Yeah. And, and and so Paul will go on and say in Romans 6, how how shall we who have died to sin still live in it? Mm. You know, don't you know that you're, you're set free from that? Mm-hmm. So even believers can live mm-hmm. um, a life that... Um, can be shackled by sin. I've often said, you want to know what a believer is capable of doing? Read everything in the Bible that tells yeah. us not, not to, to do. do it. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's not just recalling the past, 
for, right. as you mentioned, someone who's got saved in their 20s, 30s, 40s, hmm. they may rejoice more greatly over the, the past, the, past uh, the freedom that they've been saved from the past. But even as believers, we can rejoice of the freedom we have now mm-hmm. and, can, and can endure in mm-hmm. uh, because of the Redeemer. He set right. us free. Hmm. And two, to realize that we, the, the those 14 count indictments and all the other charges that have been brought against us, we're in that category. Oh, yeah. Even though we've been saved for the mm. bulk of our life, we are still in that category mm-hmm. and we are still very capable of those sins. And our heart naturally goes in that direction. Mm. But Nuni Day, but now God, He is, you know, by the work of His Holy Spirit, mm. And the truth that's embedded in our hearts from his word, he rescues us. He continues to draw us back to himself. And um, But we're, we're still very capable right. of when those I indictments. One of the first steps towards feeling that brokenness and depravity as a believer is to think you're immune to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, these non-believers, they need to hear this message, or that's so good. I mean, and I look at my own life and, and the way I've felt maybe emotionally connected or motivated by Christ's work. It's often when I hear that somebody else has gotten saved, or if I hear a testimony, or if I get to experience somebody else experiencing Christ, that's like a jolt of energy to my faith. And then I think mm-hmm. like, what about me experiencing Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why am I? Yeah. And, and and that speaks to, the again, the chasing of an emotional connection, um, that that can wreck shop on spiritual well-being. If you're chasing an emotional, you know, I, I, I called it in college ministry, touchy-feely Jesus stuff where people are, we talked about this weeks ago on the podcast, um, less religious and more spiritual than we've ever been as a society mm-hmm. of I'm going to be led by this and this instead of being concrete and rooted in the scripture, like you said, Mark, be, be warned, be under, understand what, what you can still fall victim to. Yeah. I think it's huge. Let's not forget it was... Paul himself who said as a believer in mm. Romans 7 oh wretched man that I am yeah. who right. will set me free so I mean yeah. he was experiencing that mm. but again we've been redeemed by that I th- and again I think that concept of a redeemer we could have spent a whole sermon or right. two just on that concept um, because it is really rooted uh, deeply back into the Old Testament you think of God's people the Israelites mm-hmm. um, they were redeemed and it's a picture uh, for us, but mm. they were redeemed out of the slavery of Egypt. Mm. How were they redeemed? Well, they were redeemed by a powerful God, but by the application of blood to the doorpost. Right. So you have the picture of the of redemption, and, and that's talked about in the Old Testament. Mm. Uh, another, uh, I think, a great story and great picture of that was um, the the story of Ruth and Naomi in the Old Testament, and. You know, that took place in the time of the judges when it says everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And you you know the story. And they right. ended up uh, with their husbands and they went to Moab and and, uh, and uh, walked away from the covenantal people of Israel and got all that mess and death. And then Naomi comes back and Ruth goes with her and they're poor and they're destitute and hmm. and um, they're in a, in a, in a great bind. Um, and then um, Ruth gets to uh, work in the field mm-hmm. of of Boaz, uh, of mm-hmm. Boaz mm-hmm. and um, things begin to turn right. because Boaz was a an, a relative, a close relative, yeah. and, and in that culture, 
the, the idea, the concept was a kinsman redeemer. Right. So, um, um, they, uh, uh, a near relative could alleviate the the um, the, the the suffering or the mm-hmm. pain or the the slavery right. uh, of, of of the destitution the, the destitution of, the of, women. of uh, right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I jotted down a couple of things here. The, the, there were four requirements had to be met for someone to function as a kinsman redeemer. Mm. Um, the redeemer had to first be uh, a, a kinsman. Not just anyone could do the redeeming. Uh, second of all, the redeemer um, had to be able to afford the redemption price. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's wonderful that if it was a close relative, but if they were poor themselves, you know, big deal. Right. Thirdly, the redeemer had to um, uh, not need redemption himself. They had to be in a position where, in other words, a slave couldn't redeem another slave. Right. Fourthly, um, the redeemer had to be willing to do it. They had to be able, mm-hmm. they didn't, but they had to be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Boaz met all, you know, and, and happy day as the, as the story ends. Um, it's, it's one of those feel-good stories, true story uh, in, in the Bible. Now, we apply that um, to Jesus. Did Jesus meet those all right. you know those those requirements? Um, first requirement, yeah he he became like us. He was uh, you could say um, our brother. Mm-hmm. It says in the book of Hebrews, he became flesh. Mm-hmm. It's a whole point of the incarnation. He could not redeem us if he was still up in heaven. He had to be made like us yeah. in all respects. Um, and the second requirement is met because. Um, um, he was the the perfect spotless Lamb of God. It says in First Peter, there was nothing about himself that needed to be redeemed. Um, he came. He was the sinless one, um, and that's also in Hebrews chapter four. The, the third requirement: he was sinless. Fourth requirement is met uh, because he willingly went to the cross. He wasn't mm-hmm. coerced. Right. Yeah. He willingly did it. So that picture in the Old Testament of Boaz mm-hmm. being the kinsman redeemer. Um, is ultimately and perfectly played out when Jesus did it, and I think right. that's part of what he, what Paul said in Romans in that passage on Sunday. It was witnessed to by the law and the prophets. Yeah. That story of Ruth was a great witness, right, to to what Christ did, right. Hmm. Well, it's just a, a beautiful picture of the biblical narrative again as well. You you read through. I mean, we talk a lot about. You know, there's a Roman's road to salvation. Here's a couple key words to get you into heaven. But to put it in the, the grander perspective of, you know, we can read through Romans 3 and immediately tie it to, to Job and Ruth that are not only preemptive and prerequisites to this as far as the narrative and what people might have understood at that time, but it, it gives us some imagery there. Mm-hmm. We can have a better understanding of who who God is, and, and I think that's what's so, you know, crucial about the Trinity and the characteristic of God the Son is just— you, you you de-spiritualize this mysterious God. 98% of the world is a, a deist of some sort. There's Oh, there's a creator out there. There's a start to all this. But the access we have to that, the the, the Jesus road to salvation is, is huge. It opens our eyes to God in a way we can understand him. Yeah. Remember a number of years ago, well, that Silent Lloyd-Jones book, Every Story Whispers His Name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You go in the Old Testament and you see the whispering right. of a redeemer, yeah. of a right. redeemer, of a redeemer. Well, and it's Lord. huge. I, I went to uh, the Passion Conference down in Atlanta. It's probably three or four years ago at this point. But it, that year, 
uh, Piper, Giglio, Lucado, they all came out with the Jesus Bible was mm-hmm. what it was called. And so it was an NIV Bible that NIV Bible that they compiled where every margin is just full of how the scripture is connected to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so to read through that and look at the Old Testament and be like, it, it was huge for me at that point because I was yeah. suffering from Old Testament fatigue or disinterest. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I realized like, okay, it truly is all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not about history. It's not about memorizing the the Sunday school stories and knowing the Bible answers, but mm-hmm. it's knowing the Bible answer yeah. and yeah. who he is. I, in the study, I had a study note that brought me over to Hebrews 9 mm-hmm. and nine uh, eleven, mm-hmm. And I just think it beautifully encapsulates what we're talking about. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Uh, And then if you go down to verse 15, therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised internal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems from the transgression committed under the first Mm. covenant. And so it's bringing our, you know, what we're talking about, the Old Testament and the sacrifices that were made and blood that had to be shed. And here we have Jesus. He's secured our eternal redemption. And Mm. it's permanent Mm -hmm. because of his shed blood, what he's done for us. So there's no going back because of what he's Mm. done. And he he died and rose again. It it happened. I mean, Mark mentioned, and I like the way you broke down the elements of redemption. There, there has to be a prisoner, there has to be a purchaser, and there has to be a price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that price, that death, that shed blood. Uh, there was one sermon I was in, I think it, I was down in Harrisonburg visiting a church at the time, but he was preaching on Hebrews 9, and, and he he introed by basically saying, um, death runs in my family. <laughs> and he talked about the inevitability of death and the and the understand understanding of that and why all this is so important. Death is certain, so is judgment, but God's operating principle, like you said, is grace. Yeah. And so we've yeah. got to understand that dynamic. Remember yeah. the the um, mountain of transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a Bible trivia quiz. Who was on the mountain of transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured? Elijah. <laughs> Elijah and. Moses. Moses, yeah, yeah. my Elijah mic went out, Moses. but I answered yeah. it correctly. So, yeah. okay. so you've got you've got the the law mm-hmm. and the prophets, right? right. And yeah. you know what were they what were they doing? I mean, why why were they there? And what were they talking about? And I think it kind of goes back to this Hebrew passage that you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, because they had a vested interest. Mm-hmm. If 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 you know if Jesus had not gone to the cross, there would there would be no hope. Right. We're going to talk about that this Sunday as well because mm-hmm. it says of the sins previously committed, you know, they mm-hmm. were they they were covered, but they weren't paid for. Right. And so here are the representatives of the Old Testament. I, and I, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I get this picture that they're talking with Jesus as he's transfigured mm-hmm. uh, about about what is to come, about mm-hmm. going to Jerusalem, about mm-hmm. about what the, the sacrifice he's going to pay because all those Old Testament saints, hmm. um, they they would they would have been cast into hell for all of eternity, right? If Jesus had not fulfilled his mission, right? The old covenant 
was right. um, it was not perfect. And mm-hmm. so there's this, as, as you read, Alicia, that you've got this new, he's a mediator of a new covenant since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant. Right. So there they are. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, go, Jesus, yeah. go. Right, right, right. And, yeah. And, um, yeah. Just and a, speaking towards the future, too, I mean, I just <clears throat> I did a class downstairs not too long ago. We're doing an Old Testament survey with the middle schoolers, and I had did Isaiah, which is so funny. I kind of entered by saying, listen, Mark just spent like a year and a half going through Isaiah. We're going to survey the whole book in 30 Was minutes. it only a year and a half? <laughs> it might have been longer. <laughs> Felt like 12. I, no, I'm just kidding. It was um, good. It but was good. I basically stole a bunch of stuff that Mark said. But I put up the, the little peaks of the prophecy and, and talked about it. We're living in Bible times people like to, to understand mm-hmm. what is at stake and what is still relevant I mean no, none of this book is just history um, and so if we understand where we fit into that and the categories that we fall into inherently but are transformed by Christ our Redeemer I mean it, it is game-changing and it is life-changing and I honestly get so excited yeah thinking about this and reading about it and just seeing God's big sovereign plan which is good Mm. and his faithfulness in spite of our unfaithfulness and Mm. it's uh, the whole bible is a story of redemption for those who believe and it's it's all Mm. about him and what he's done for us and that really gets me excited (laughs) i love it that's good it's foolproof it's it's inevitable it's permanent the rest we can i mean the state of unrest that this world and country is in now i mean it's ridiculous right people are losing sleep losing jobs figuring out if they need to sell their stock or buy it based on the coronavirus and it's just what are you letting dictate your joy your happiness your your status right what are you what are you relying on right um and it just, it, all of scripture starts to tie in with this the more you think about it. I mean, there's a verse that's been huge for me, Psalm 4, 8, says, in peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. That's mm-hmm. been huge for me. Right. If, if I'm restless or anxious about anything that's out of my control, it's just like, well, I don't want to wander. Yeah. A Christian doesn't need to wander or wonder if they're if they're concrete in Christ, and I think that's huge. Yeah, and I, again, we keep, we can always keep going back. Uh, redemption is a, is is in the past. Mm. We have been redeemed. Right. Uh, we never have to be redeemed again. Mm. Uh, and so Good. there, there brings that sense of peace. There is a sense of of, um, of of confidence that Jesus did the perfect work. There was not one sin of ours that did not get paid for. Mm. And so there, there is eternal rest. There is eternal security. And knowing that well, sins have been paid you for. said uh, he gives me everything I need for life and godliness. He's God. I am not. I am safe with him because Jesus secured me. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. That is. And yeah. that what hope that gives us as we face you know, the morning when we wake up and everything that's ahead of us for that day uh, it it can roll you over mm. like a Mack truck, mm-hmm. but you need day, but now God, mm-hmm. and we are secure and we're mm-hmm. safe mm-hmm. and we have hope because he secured that for us. Mm. And that uh, is a promise that we can hold on to and get up and face the day knowing that we have a risen savior. We mm. have Easter coming up. Yeah. We are going to celebrate 
the entirety of his work and his death and his resurrection and his ascension. And he is on the throne right now, ruling and reigning. So every detail of our day, he is sovereignly in control of. That's really good, Alicia. That 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 sums it up. And I just want to mention one other verse. Yeah. Uh, in in um, Revelation five nine. Um, here's the other the, the end of it all too which gives us that hope they sang a new song worthy are you to take the book to break its seals for you were slain and you purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation and you have made them to be a kingdom and priests of our God and they will reign upon the earth mm. and, and and that's our hope why? why? Why is our future secured? Because he purchased. Hmm. He went to the cross. He was our kinsman redeemer. He did it all. And yeah, we can, we can live our lives on that. And, and be aware of that. Understand that. I mean, we, we can now represent the team on and off the field. I, I think Christians can struggle in two ways. One, in which you live the lie where God is still looking at you, judging you, condemning you. And so you <clears throat> develop a works-based performance mindset or you just loathe and self-pity, or you, you use it of a cop-out mentality of, you're, Jesus did it, I'm, I'm free to go, and you're not fully aware <clears throat> excuse me, of the consequences to your actions. Uh, just because sin can't kill you doesn't mean it can't hurt. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, any last thoughts before we jump into an outro? That was my last one. That was good. No, Super yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are we... I feel like this past Sunday specifically turned from bad news to good news. Is is it safe to say, Mark, that we'll continue on this like good news path? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I th- yeah. think it's safe. I mean, and the, like as you said in your in the sermon, this passage is such a transitional, if right. not one of the most important yeah. passages. Yeah. In all of the Bible, huge pivot. Yeah, yeah. Noony day that the pivot. Right. It. Key word next uh, this coming week is the word propitiation. It's awesome. Um, NIV doesn't use that word. I think it's atoning sacrifice. But hmm. but uh, if you've got time this week, um, take a Bible dictionary and look it up. Awesome. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> so redemption this week, propitiation. Uh, or redemption last week, propitiation this week. Sweet. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Well, thank you guys so much for being a part of Sermon Spotlight. Again, you can go to fbcva.life slash Sermon Spotlight to be a part of the show. Um, uh, you can send in any questions or comments. You can also just go to slash podcast or find Fellowship Bible Church on YouTube to watch the HD video form as well. Um, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.